You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast devoted to Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. We discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes. We also discuss King novels related to the Dark Tower series, non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptation uh, uh, adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about potential Dark Tower-related adaptations. You can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com and follow us on every level of social media at TowerJunkiesPod. Uh, I am your host, Matt Hurt, and with me today is Robert Feckus. He is, he was on, uh, you would have heard his voice on our, uh, Dark Tower movie review mega long episode that we did a couple weeks ago. Um, the, the non 95 minute, <laughs> uh, review of the 95 minute disaster the <laughs> the uh three hour and 24 minute <laughs> episode covering the 95 minute the irony movie yeah yeah um but today on the podcast we're going to be discussing we're going to briefly discuss the it miniseries from 1990 and then go into a review of uh andy muschietti's uh, adaptation of Stephen King's work. Uh, I'm it. glad you knew how to pronounce that because it was giving me fits. I'm still not 100% sure if I pronounce it correctly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is, of course, these are, these are adaptations of Stephen King's 1986, uh, novel It, which Tiny and I reviewed, uh, on the last episode of Tower Junkies. Um, Fekis, first of all, for our listeners, since they're kind of being introduced to you on this podcast, uh, tell us about yourself and your history with Stephen King. Oh, well, I'm Robert Fekis. I've been friends with Matt for, uh, quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. And I've had a good time being on his other podcast, the Obsessive yeah. Viewer Podcast. Um, Stephen King, I, I don't really have a very intimate relationship with his work, uh, especially not like you. Right. I've uh, the only book I've ever read was the uh, the Gunslinger, mm-hmm. uh, though I plan on and look forward to reading the mm-hmm. entire Dark Tower series once I get finished reading another uh, series of books. Mm-hmm. So the only times I've been introduced to Stephen King's work is through film and through the miniseries of it. So I, I I can't say that I have a strong attachment to any of his works particularly, but um, the original miniseries I did kind of have an attachment to because I saw it when I was so young and it just it stuck with me for quite a while. Yeah, that's kind of how I was, and we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, just off the off the top of your head, what's your favorite Stephen King adaptation that you've seen? Well, now, <laughs> that prior to today, The Shining, The Shining, yeah, nice. it, it which it's kind of weird because apparently Stephen King hates that adaptation. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I love um, that movie though. I, I need to read yeah. the book then mm-hmm. and and see where he his hatred for it comes from. It mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of Alan Moore's hatred towards the Watchmen movie, right? So I yeah I I'd have to say Shining's probably the strongest mm-hmm. uh, film. I, I was unimpressed with Carrie. Okay. I, I don't know. It, like it was a decent movie, mm-hmm. but I don't. I didn't the see the Carrie. No, Brian De Palma or the remake the from. Oh no, the Brian De Palma. Okay. Carrie. It, it's okay, but yeah. it got 
I watched it in college for the first time mm. when I was dating a girl who swore it was the scariest film uh, of all time. I was like, this isn't scary. Geez. Like, it's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. But it's not. So I guess it was probably, probably uh, I don't know, built up too much for me. Like, it was decent. It was, it was all right. Sure. Um. Yeah, I'm excited because of this podcast. I'm going to be going through Stephen King's work like i said in the first episode of the podcast that i was uh that i was planning on going through it like chronologically and kind of to have supplemental episodes for the dark tower episodes but then i realized like eh, maybe i'll just read whichever one i feel like reading right and yeah. then do it so like i just read gerald's game and uh because of the movie coming out in a couple weeks and then i'm i just finished the dead zone because i wanted to read the dead zone <laughs> Uh, and now I'm reading Christine because I wanted to read Christine. So, um, that's an interesting concept of the, uh, the killer car. Yeah. And it's, and that's what I kind of love about Stephen King is he takes these, he, he takes these concepts and just runs with them and then populates, like it, it starts with an idea and then he has these characters that are so relatable and then puts them into this absurd and and strange situation that is oftentimes horror based. And it's funny because a lot of like, like, like your, um, your friend in college that had, uh, or your girlfriend in college that was was dating (laughs) the girl you saw in college saying that Carrie was the scariest movie ever. It's like, okay, yeah, I can, I can kind of understand that, but I think that a big misconception and something that we talked about on the podcast before is that Stephen King is labeled as a horror novelist and horror writer, whereas like his magnum opus is this amalgam of different uh, genres, including horror, fantasy, Western, sci-fi, kind of all cobbled together in the Dark Tower series. And then some of his most um, impressive works are psychological thrillers or or dramas i was gonna say i I wouldn't consider something like misery to be a horror film yeah exactly more of like a suspenseful thriller right and i love misery is another Mm -hmm. one that i love Uh, that yeah would you like i guess you can consider shawshank but i don't think Mm -hmm. that's within the same vein of what we're discussing that's true but it does count as an adaptation for sure for definitely for sure i've not read the short story that's based on um i'm really looking forward to getting to i think it's in this short story collection different seasons because that short story collection has uh i believe apt pupil rita hayworth and the, the shawshank he did apt pupil i didn't I, i've never seen the movie i always kind of wanted to see it but i didn't know that was a stephen king yeah tiny's a huge fan of it is he um yeah he, the, that shawshank and then it also has the body which was the basis for stand by me oh, okay and then there's a fourth one that hasn't been uh you know i hasn't been adapted i watched stand by me for the first time on a flight back from uh i think i was i think we were coming back from london last mm-hmm. year it, <laughs> I, it did not. Really? It did not uh, strike me. It, it, it something did not hit with me on it. Like Interesting. it was. It was decent, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I, I the the characters weren't that likable to me. The kids. That's fair. So right. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, I I very much like pop culture references about Stand by Me much yeah. more than I enjoy the film. Sure. Like even like the latest uh Rick and Morty had a mm-hmm. had a good Stand by Me nice. uh, reference in it. I haven't seen that episode. It was the it was one that just came out last Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Um there's a there's a great t-shirt on uh 
Tee Public actually. And by the way, visit our Tee Public store and you know, we get a little bit of a commission on some sales. Um, link in the show notes. Anyway, um, it says, uh, Castle, uh, Castle Rock. It's like in the, in the, it's like a logo for like a baseball team. Yeah. It just says Castle Rock train Dodger, Dodgers <laughs> or I think uh. just Dodgers and has like a train in the, in the center of it. It's, That's it's good. pretty clever. Um, so yeah, so then, like after going through all of that and saying that, yeah, you know, Stephen King is mislabeled as a horror novelist and, and, you know, all about horror. Um, when he has a, these other, his stories are more about characters and, and the drama and of the characters and the kind of coming of age and everything also with like it and, uh, the body stand by me, um, and all that. So let's talk about it, which is like his, his, uh, quintessential horror novel. Um, uh, you've never read the novel, so it's it's you know it's it's a hefty read. It is. I, um, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm going to yeah. a- after after. Well, I, I might wait until after the sequel. Okay, for it comes out. Yeah. I I actually got really excited because I have I like I love like I've gotten into audiobooks lately, and that's right. how I'm consuming a lot of my media or a lot of my reading essentially. But I still have such a such a soft spot for like the. Stephen King paperbacks that I have um, because they like Christine, for instance, they all have the same color scheme where it's like, it's like a, a solid like color background and the lettering is always like different colors and everything. And it's just, it's kind of a simplistic kind of uh, design, but it's like, it, it just looks cool to me. Like I really, I really like it. That is much longer than I would have thought. Yeah. You know, the, um, the, the margins are a little, are a little, big so it's like it's 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 a little deceiving because i'm getting through it pretty quickly but um but like with it just has like teeth and and it's all white did you finish it yet i did yeah yeah and it's i mean it's it's i it's really high up there on my list of favorite stephen king novels like it's maybe second um pending a reread of uh 11 63 Mm. um but anyway, so I have such a soft spot for that, but I'm excited because I like for Shocktober Nervington, which if you're listening to this, Shocktober Nervington is a one night event screening that, uh, we at the Obsessive Viewer host, uh, in Indianapolis at the Irving Theater. Uh, tickets are on sale now. We screen short horror films from local filmmakers. I'll put a promo in the episode to hear more information about it, but go to shocktobernervington.com if you're in the area and want to check out some, uh, short horror films. Anyway, uh, we're giving away a ton of prizes, and since we started Tower Junkies, I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw in some Stephen King paperbacks. That's so, a good call. Yeah, so I've got The Shining. Uh, of course, all of these I'm going to put my business card attached to them. <laughs> um, yeah, which, by the way, here's your business card oh, for me, for me to give to you. Yeah, um, It's a actually, lovely business card. Right, right. I thought about getting you some since you were going to be on the Kef episodes, but I didn't want to scare you away. Right. But yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I got really excited because like I, one of the, like the paperbacks we're giving away are the shining, uh, the movie tie in edition of the gunslinger because you know, people are going to be just wanting that movie tie in edition of it so much. Mm-hmm, so much. Yeah. Which it's is too bad. The DVDs aren't going to be out yet. I know. Pop figures are, but anyway, pop figures um, are cool though. They are, they are, they are yeah. Cool. yeah. But anyway, it's funny because I, I, I still want that movie tie-in edition. But um, why? Think, it's a horrible cover. It's. I kind of like the design of the uh, of the poster. I really I do. I, I. I think it's cut. I think it looks like 
clip art. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we talked about it in the obsessive era, but but yeah, it's I kind of like it just because I like that. I don't know. It's a different version of a book that I have. You're correct. Several it is copies a different, of different yeah. version. But the point that I'm getting at is that it has this very nice movie tie-in edition that has a picture of uh, it's underneath all that, but it's got a picture of Georgie with a balloon, um, with uh, Pennywise, his face is obscured by the balloon, and or I think Pennywise has the balloon, and and Georgie's just in this rain slicker. Um, and it's just, it's like all black and everything and just looks like really cool. So I'm like, I already have the paperback. I have the audiobook, which is how I listened to it for the oh. first time. And I'm just like, I already have the regular paperback. I'm like, I kind of also want this time <laughs> edition. And then all, and then I kind of like, I had an epiphany. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get the tie-in edition because here in a couple of years there's going to be a new cover for the new for the sequel. You're right. And I'll have like it'll it'll look like really cool on my bookshelf. So that's my justification. So There you go. Yeah. It's okay. I have we all have our nerd uh buys. Right. I have several nerd buys. Nothing wrong yeah. with it. Yep. And I'm also kind of saving up for the big $90 um Dark Tower box set of paperbacks that are all uniform in covers. Which I'm is, just I'm just going to remind you that you have in fact made a promise to attend something next summer. So keep that in mind. Oh, that's right. Yes. 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 V- Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Just keep that okay. in mind, buddy. Yeah, well, my justification for that is that each each paycheck I set aside $12 that automatically gets like reloads my Amazon gift card. So that's money I'm putting away anyway. Okay. All so, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad you reminded me of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Sounds like I'm going to have to keep reminding you of that. You are. You are. Yeah. Um, no, because I want to meet Craig Robinson. So <laughs> He's going to be there again. <laughs> yeah. Randomly. Yeah. Um, looking really good, though. Yeah. But, <laughs> lost a lot of weight. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's Fekus' history with, with, uh, with Stephen King. And, uh, yeah, so, so how are you coming along in your reading of, uh, Harry Potter leading up to, you know, where I like, will be finished anything? with book five this week and then nice. I'll be jumping into book six. Mm-hmm. My, my goal is to be done with the Harry Potter series. We're, a bunch of us are going, uh, to Mexico for vacation in November. Mm-hmm. So I want to be reading, uh, the Dark Tower series by then. Nice. Nice. Okay. Good. Good. So anyway, um, it is Stephen King's uh, big horror novel. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's one of his most widely regarded as one of his best novels, and uh, I'm inclined to agree. Um, so it was previously adapted in uh, 1999 as a two-part miniseries. 1990. With- Oh, 1990. Did I say 99? You said 99. Wow. Okay. Uh, I totally meant 1990. But anyway, um, from 1990, uh, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, I think, who did one of the Halloween movies. Um, I want to say Halloween 5. But anyway, um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the miniseries, and then we can go into Andy Muschietti's um, movie from this week. Uh, Fekus, how did you feel about the miniseries? And you just recently watched it. I did. Watched I, it again. I just My re- voice keeps cracking. It's crazy. It was the first time that I've watched it since pr- it's been 
Man, I was a kid the last time I, I, I watched yes. it. I, I was probably in middle school, mm-hmm. I think, the last time I watched it. So so was I. I was in elementary school, I think. And this oh, this would be really interesting. What uh, let's let's talk about how we felt about right. it as kids and then we'll talk about it as we felt about it now as Right. Adults. So as a kid, I, I thought it was fantastic. I loved mm-hmm. it. It was you know, Pennywise was terrifying mm-hmm. and the the concept with the with the kids and the the Losers Club was was great. I really related to all of these kids. I thought they were fantastic, and mm-hmm. the adults were so cool. And boy, that changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as a kid, I was kind of the same. I I wasn't that terrified of it. This may have actually been my um, introduction to Stephen King in general. Um, um, I think I saw Misery before I saw this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh yeah, I was I was actually a much younger age when when I saw it than than what you described. Um cuz I remember just being at home, my parents were watching it. I think I had a friend staying the night and we were watching it with them and I remember not being afraid of it when when like I was watching it, like actually being afraid of Pennywise. I wasn't that afraid of afraid of him or afraid by the by the mini series, but I remember like I think I had to go into my sister's room to get something. And like it was pitch black and like I just in the darkness, I was just terrified. And then uh, and then also by the time they got to the reveal at the end, uh, which, by the way, we're going to spoil. Well, let's not, we won't spoil the miniseries itself because we'll do a non-spoiler review of the movie and then a spoiler review. But uh, not to not spoil the miniseries at the end when there was a reveal at the end of the form of the final form of Penny of Pennywise uh, that freaked me out because I hate that specific type of creature. Um, <laughs> it, see yeah. that form didn't freak me out and mm. it may have just been because it looked God awful. It, it, it did. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's probably what it was. I thought Pennywise was far more frightening mm-hmm. uh, in clown form. Sure. Sure. Um, did that give you like a deep seated fear of clowns? No. Well, I found it, uh, scary. Mm -hmm. It never affected me quite like movies like the exorcist did. Sure. Uh, the the whole spiritual realm when, when I was a kid freaked me out still Mm -hmm. does this day, even though I don't buy into any of it. Sure. But, um, so it, it never really stuck with me, but it was one of those movies while you're watching it, Pennywise was a very creepy and disturbing yeah. character. Mm-hmm. And Tim Curry. Oh, he kills it. He, he's, he's the only part of that movie that holds up. Yeah. And his, absolutely. his performance is still fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, it did change. Um, now I have seen the miniseries again and it's like, Oh, it's rough. It's really rough. Like, like the kid actors are terrible mm-hmm. kid actors. Yep. Like I, I, I I didn't recall uh, Seth, Seth Green. Green. Yeah, I was like I was like that's Seth Green. What yeah, the? which in theory is really great casting for the right. character. He grows up Tozier. to be a comedian. So. Yeah, but yeah, John Ritter is 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 bad. Yeah, and I and I love John Ritter. Right, but but John Ritter's a sitcom. Yeah, guy. Yeah, so he, he's fine in sitcom. Mm-hmm. That he's not a dramatic actor. Yeah. And there's there's something about Richard Thomas that even as a kid I something about him I, I just is that old Bill old Bill oh yeah. he oh he's terrible I, I, and that ponytail even as a kid I remember that ponytail yeah. not settling well with me yeah oh same here and it's like I don't know just something about him just just bothers me so much like I can't I can't root for him because I'm I think he's so 
bland and vanilla he, as he's, an actor. He's like a very benign character. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not and, offensive. And he's supposed to be the leader of the Losers Club. Right. It's kind of... It's, it's, it's not inspiring. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, does, it does not hold up. The, mm-hmm. the acting on both parts of the series is yeah. just drops dramatically mm-hmm. you know henry bowers actually doesn't do a too bad of a job in the in the first part yeah not too bad he, yeah yeah um but other than that man you know it's just awkward kid actors mm-hmm. uh poor dialogue yeah i think one of the worst things about it is that it is a made for tv movie it is and you got to remember that yeah. made for tv movies are are never yeah up to standards stylistically like in terms of filmmaking it's like it shows its age really bad like it's it's very poorly like done by like hollywood standards but also the the writing is just very much characters saying exactly what they're feeling. Right. And, and it's not, especially subtle. in their adult stages. Yes. Oh, it's yes. bad in the adult stages. Yeah. It was, Oh, it was, it was rough. Yeah. So this is definitely a property that deserved a, sure. a big Hollywood treatment for like an honest, like R rated horror. Like adaptation. something that could get a, a budget behind it that can make it yeah. very lasting. Oh yeah. Very effective. Absolutely. And before we get into our review and everything, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about the production of of this new incarnation of it. Um, uh, so Carrie Fukunaga was originally right. To I was I was I was reading that. Yeah, which I'm really like after seeing this movie, like I'm kind of glad that he didn't that that he didn't he didn't go through with it. Well, reading some um, of the things that he, he apparently wanted to change quite a bit. Absolutely. And I was reading the changes that he wanted to make and I I was I was I'm glad that he did not get the vision that he wanted to make. Absolutely. So, uh, no, I'm I'm very satisfied mm-hmm. with how this ended up coming out. Absolutely. And then uh let's play let's play a little bit of a game. Um The Dark Tower had 65 million uh budget how much do you think the budget was for it i i, I know how you much. do yeah, ah sorry. i was hoping yeah. you didn't know no unbelievable 35 million dollars and they unbelievable yeah it, and it looked amazing it really did like there was yeah it, it there was no reason for that movie to look as good as it did mm-hmm. with 35 million dollars right, right it i'm flabbergasted same here you might argue that a lot of that budget uh got when you're hiring kid actors you don't have to pay them sure as much as you know you're saving millions of dollars hiring mm-hmm. kid actors so you, they get to skimp there but still yeah. 35 million dollars for a high high production yeah uh, so arguably summer to fall mm-hmm. uh big movie that yeah that's unheard of oh it's it's really impressive like how they spread that money around in that movie yeah like it was I was blown away when I heard that. And uh, the uh, Friday night box office earned more Friday night. The Friday night it opened, it earned $51 million, which is more than the domestic gross of the entire <laughs> dark tower run. Um, which is funny. Cause I saw that on Reddit and I was reading the comments and probably uh, 30% of the actual commenters on that were saying the dark tower is out already. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. I was like, yep, I whatever. But um but yeah, so <laughs> the answer to that question though is no, it is no longer out. Right. Because it's not in any theater. I, I 
think it's playing like maybe one or two maybe. second run theaters here and there. I don't, I don't know. It's gonna be on Netflix next week. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it, um, 2017. I'm gonna read the plot summary. The way that we're going to distribute this review is that we're going to do a non-spoiler section and then we will go, we will go into a spoiler review. We will definitely, uh, warn you guys when there is a spoiler, uh, or when, when we go into spoilers. And, uh, I'll have like a short, clip from the trailer to cut it up between spoiler and non-spoiler. So here is the plot summary for it. A group of bullied kids band together when a shape-shifting demon taking the appearance, the appearance, the appearance of a clown begins hunting children. Uh, so yeah, so Fekus, uh, having, well, you had the context of the miniseries. So, um, what were your expectations for it and how did you feel about it coming out of it? Uh, the expectations were high, especially given that knowing that it was getting to get a Hollywood treatment, not mm-hmm. a TV treatment. Mm-hmm. And after seeing the first trailer for it, it, my expectations skyrocketed. Yeah. Even, even seeing production stills of, uh, Bill Skarsgård mm-hmm. as Pennywise, it just, it looked fantastic. So yeah. I went into this movie expecting something great and mm-hmm. I, I walked out getting what I expected. Nice. I, I thought it was fantastic um if this sort of movie were scary to me it would have been very scary okay. uh, uh but i i found more joy in just how demented it, it kind of like pennywise yeah. got so it, like movies like this don't really scare me anymore i'm you mm-hmm. know I'm, I'm 33 years old i've you know i have a mortgage so sure. <laughs> so but <laughs> i could see where normal people i or kids would be right. terrified with this but it was it was uh, it was amazing mm-hmm. like Pennywise stole the show. Nice. How do you think uh, Bill Skarsgård compared to Tim Curry? Are they comparable? At Man, all? I don't want to make that. Uh, yeah. Make that comparison. He he really made it his own. Mm-hmm. So you, you could tell that he wasn't trying to imitate Tim Curry's right. uh, performance. <laughs> I, I feel like he brought a little bit more childish childishness mm-hmm. to to Pennywise, sure. which I think in itself can be pretty terrifying mm-hmm. so i i don't want to compare the two or say i like one over the other i'll just say that bill skarsgård did a fantastic job yeah on uh on the obsessive viewer when we reviewed it um we uh tiny made the uh comparison of that's like comparing heath ledger with jack nicholson that's a that's a perfect that's right. a perfect way to describe it. Absolutely. So absolutely, they both are, were um, great in, in mm-hmm. their respected roles right exactly um so yeah, and it's funny because there was a there was an anecdote um, <laughs> that Bill Skarsgård was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and he was talking about how like Jimmy Kimmel asked him like, "Oh, hey, uh, were you afraid like of like like how did you feel like being Pennywise and terrorizing kids in the movie?" And then he's like, "Well, it's funny because like they kept me separated from the cast of the of the kid actors, and my first scene with the uh, actor who played Eddie." Um, I, and it's outside of a, outside of a scary house. I'm, I'm chasing him. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going all out and everything. And he's freaking out. He's crying. He's screaming out (laughs) and everything. And like the whole time in my head, I'm thinking like, 
oh man, I'm I'm traumatizing this kid. Right. <laughs> and then and then he said, and then uh, the <laughs> and then the director yelled, "Cut!" And then the kid is like, "Hey, I love what you're doing with the character." <laughs> <That's great."> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and just like hearing him talk about that, that was is is great. And then uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel was like, Do you, "Are you going to keep in touch with him? Or are you going to uh, you going to work with him again?" And he's like, "I hope that he hires me someday." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think that he did a phenomenal job. There's a moment in that opening sequence where, um, it's that opening sequence is, I mean, it's an iconic Stephen King. I sequence. could watch that scene mm-hmm. on repeat, right? Like his performance there mm-hmm. is just so eerie yep. and just very disturbing. Oh, absolutely. It, in like the, it's very unsettling. It it is, and it in like at the end of it, like they they go all out. Oh yeah, I was not I was, I was not, not expecting, expecting that. that. Yeah, Jinx. right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we're doing a podcast, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like to 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 see like the monster portion mm-hmm. of it so soon. I I thought that was it, like it it shocked me. Oh yeah. And then to see what goes on afterwards. Mm-hmm. Whew, Oh yeah. Yeah, that. And there's a moment where he's talking to Georgie and it's like this is this is like the moment where I was like okay, this is I'm on board with this. Uh Bill Skarsgård is going to do an amazing job and this is this is I'm I'm hooked into this. It's when they're talking and it's after he uh tells him about the carnival smells and then he's like and also the and then Georgie's like popcorn and then they like go like oh I like it cuz it pop 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 pop. He's pop. like he's very like like it's kind of playful, but it's also like it's, it's there's some sinister there's some there. Sinister there, yeah. yeah. And then there's a moment where Georgie stops talking, and then Pennywise stops talking, and, and then just stares. Yes, he just stares, and it's like there's a change that's so like it. It's so like quick that it just changes, and I I love the manipulation of Pennywise, where he's just saying like, "Don't you want your boat?" Uh, Bill. Bill's gonna kill you. You said Bill's gonna kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, it's so, so menacing, so, so creepy. Like it's and like this movie, like, like you said, I'm, I'm of an age where I'm, I'm not really scared by this stuff anymore, and I wasn't frightened during right. the movie. Um. Also, I think part of it might be just I'm, I'm too close to the source material. I know true what, what to expect, but it's like I wasn't like. It still doesn't make it not yeah, unsettling. Exactly, it doesn't make it not unsettling. It doesn't make it an an, an unenjoyable experience because sure. it was it was a blast. I, I will say um, this: it was not the first time that I saw the sequence. Mm-hmm. They played that entire right. sequence be, before Annabelle, mm-hmm. so I, I I wish I had to seen that now uh, yeah. because I, I loved watching it when mm-hmm. I, before Annabelle and it got me pun for it. Right, but. It cuts off right before the the attack portion of that. Okay. So you don't. So that still was shocking to me. But I mm-hmm. still wish that I would have. I still wish the first time I would have saw that sequence was right there in the, in the movie. I saw it. To kind of set the tone. Right. And set. At, at the time, I was I was pumped because it was right. a great sequence. But now I I kind of wish that they hadn't have done that. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can definitely get behind that. But uh, yeah. So then, how did you feel about? The Losers Club, the seven central characters. There's a bunch of kids. I thought <laughs> <laughs> they. I thought the kids did a great job, mm-hmm. if acting wise, like that. I, I thought they all 
were very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought they did a really good job show, showcasing uh, all the kids' individual personalities, <laughs> with the exception of with Mike. I, I felt like they kind of yeah. like he's the first character or like the second character you get introduced to. Yeah, and I, I liked that sequence, mm-hmm. but then you he, he's kind of. Sh- shown or shoved to the side a bit mm-hmm. until the uh the apocalyptic rock battle yeah and so i was kind of disappointed in that because he he really had a good intriguing backstory that mm-hmm. i wish they could have delved into a little bit it, but it, they just like he just kind of glances over it when they're mm-hmm. talking about everything that they've seen he's like oh by the way this is what i'm scared of and this is why right so he he really wasn't uh flushed out as much as i would have liked mm-hmm. but everyone else was and so if I had that, that's my really only gripe with the kids, mm-hmm. but I thought everyone else did a fantastic job. The girl that played Bev was, was amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, oh like, yeah. Truly. You, the, the scenes with, with her dad, uh, she did mm-hmm. a ridiculously good job. Yeah. And that, that, and that can't be an easy thing for a, a little girl to act. Right. That. And also the pharmacy scene, just like oh yeah oh my god like we didn't talk about that when when we reviewed it on the obsessive viewer but like i'll save that for spoilers because that that can be kind of kind of uh spoilerish but anyway um yeah the actress that played bev was was amazing like she like that character like in the book she's like this she's like this uh character that the that the the boys are all kind of kind of in love with and then like she's also this very strong-willed character. Yeah. And I think that came through really well. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. She really portrayed herself as a strong yeah. character. Oh yeah, and that that quarry scene where they're uh, quarry, 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 um, that that scene where they're swimming and everything is like, like the combination of the music and just the kids just having fun. And, yeah, that, that and was being really. Kids. It, that's one of the scenes that kind of brings you into the mix of mm-hmm. the Losers Club. You know, Absolutely. it just really gets the viewer a feel for mm-hmm. how these kids are, how yeah. genuinely good these kids are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was and a how fun good scene. they are together too. Right. Like it was, uh, like that was the moment where I was like, this. I mean, this is this is inching up my uh, top of top movies of the year list it's uh it was it was definitely just really great the, I, I i got quite the good chuckle at the last portion of the quarry scene where she's sunbathing and oh, they're yes. all just staring that was so yeah, that great was good. that was so great because it's you don't need any dialogue or anything right. like, it's just it's, and that's it's exactly it's what every 13 year old boy would have done oh, in that situation absolutely so as oh yeah and I, I, I thought the kid that played Ben was really good, but I kind of have mm-hmm. a soft spot for Ben. But I, Ben's, uh-huh. Ben's me. Like oh, w- yeah. when I was in his age, <laughs> ben, that, yeah. that was me. That's that I'm Ben. Mm-hmm. So I, I relate to him yeah. a lot. And I thought he, uh, I, I liked his performance. The, uh, inclusion of, uh, new kids on the block. Oh, that was brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. The, uh, brilliant. the poster part. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. The poster, even like in, even when Bev's just like, are you, are you sure that they got the right stuff? And right. Yeah. Them, like that is just genius. And I love, it was like, is it because <laughs> you're the new kid? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And, uh, like I, I'm kind of like, Okay, Finn Wolfhard, who was in Stranger Things, which, right. by the way, small small tangent. This is me being a snob and me being annoying and and everything. But like I've I like some friends of mine have said like, oh well, you know, it has that Stranger Things feel to it. 
The movie does like, No, it or Stranger Things had that it thank feeling you, to thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That's 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 I agree exactly, with I agree with you 100% yes. on that. That's exactly what I was getting because yeah, I was Because like, even when I saw no. Stranger Things when that when I saw that it struck me then mm-hmm. that, that this has the kids from it quality. Right. Absolutely. So no, I, they, I agree with you. I don't yeah. think you're being snobbish at all. I okay. think you're being correct. Good. You tell them. Good. No, yes. you're 100% right. Um all right. So it's probably a good thing that we're on a Stephen King podcast. Right. <laughs> anyway, um so yeah, so the uh the the oh, okay, so Finn Wolfhard um, he played Richie Tozier, which is one of my favorite characters from the book and really one of my favorite characters in all the Stephen King books that I've read. And, uh, I think like part of like a very small part of me, um, is disappointed how great he was. Cause I think he did a phenomenal job. It's a weird thing too. It is because, because in my head I was prepping this whole joke where I would say like, <laughs> you know, he was really good, but I kind of wish I kind of wish that he would have, uh, you know, Finn Wolf harder. You're, um, yeah. So it is very little... much a Matt Hurt thing to be disappointed in someone's performance <laughs> because he had a joke ready yeah. for when it wasn't up to snuff. Yep, it was very Matt Hurt of yep. you. Yep, but then again, you could also say that I'm just trying way too. Just try to stop. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, but I thought he was he was phenomenal. Oh, he did it. a great job. Yeah, and uh, like the the movie ages up the kids a little bit, so they're like fourteen, fifteen, when in the books they're like eleven. Um, but are they're like thirteen, fourteen in the movie? I think, but like just like the humor of his character is like he's like he's the character who just doesn't shut the fuck up, right? And it's so it's so hilarious and charming. And yeah, he's got just, he's got some of the best one liners oh, throughout the entire absolutely. movie. I mean, he he's fantastic. I was still laughing. I I've seen the movie twice at this point. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, and then I keep laughing at just the memory of of. When they're in Ben's room and they're talking about the, the everything, and then uh, Ben's like, you know, uh, Derry used to be a, a wolf trap camping, and he's like, yeah. still is, yes, yeah. <laughs> and then just the hanging high five. It's just so perfect. Um, the, yeah, the the dialogue written for these thirteen year old boys mm. was spot on. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's funny because you know so many properties try to you know showcase kids mm. where they're not cussing we all 13 right. year old kids were when we were with our friends we're oh, f yeah. this f that and oh yeah so we were big guys when we were cussing <laughs> right. together so they, they hit it squarely on the head absolutely it was, it was fantastic yeah and one of the standout performances of for me um was the the actor that played eddie um eddie was yeah he he, he was great oh yeah oh yeah like that because like it's it's such a fine line to have a character that is a hypochondriac slash kind of a neurotic victim. Yeah, yeah neurotic much, victim of like Munchausen syndrome much, yeah. by proxy. Um, it's just like that is such his name is a uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, and it's such a hard thing to to kind of straddle that line. Right. But he was phenomenal. Yeah, like, he was. He, he nailed that part. He yeah. was super, super likable for such a mm-hmm. neurotic character. Oh yeah. And the the kid that played him, man, he he, he knocked it out of the park. I, mm-hmm. If anyone was weak to me, it was the actor that played Stan. Yeah. He. Yeah. I, I felt like he was kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because in the book, Stan is somewhat forgettable too. Um, because in the book, he's he's. He's not as de- like the whole um, bar mitzvah thing. Like uh-huh, that was right. that was new for the movie. 
Um, and like, that's like, okay, well he has actually some, some background in the movie <laughs> now. Um, well, it makes sense. I mean, that's 13 years old when they do their bar mitzvah. So yeah. And it, and it fit well. And like, I, I like the change of it and everything. It's just like in the movie, like I felt more for that character in the movie than I did for that character in the book. Did you? Um, yeah. So I thought that was a welcome change. Um, also the woman in the painting was, Oh, that was, was terrifying. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I didn't know that the the director is the one that directed Mama. Mm-hmm. And reading the IMD comments, I'm like, yeah, that looks just like Mama oh, from yeah? Mama. Yeah. Nice. Did you see Mama? I never did. It's actually pretty decent. Nice. So nice. yeah, I, and the the painting is is mm-hmm. very much resemblance of the the creature spirit from Mama. So it's and, and I remember seeing when I saw the movie. I remember seeing, I was like, "Man, that looks like," I, and not right. knowing that he actually directed Mama as well. But okay, interesting. Yeah, but that I, from the imagery from the children's perspective, I thought that yeah. was one of the more disturbing ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm partial to the leper. Uh, the just, leper was, was good too. Oh, that was that was unsettling to me. Um, but let, let's we'll we'll kind of stop dancing around dancing around a little bit, and we'll go into spoilers. But I have two things that I want to bring up. One is uh, there was this article that I didn't read all of it, but there it's like this fan theory that uh, Pennywise is gay and is in a is in a homosexual relationship with the Babadook, um, <laughs> which I think is pretty hilarious <laughs> to me. And then also uh, there is a subset of fans of the movie who find Bill Skarsgård really hot. And therefore, uh, there are a lot of really funny tweets about how much they want to bang Pennywise. <laughs> uh, I think one of the standout uh, comments was, make me float, daddy. <laughs> Which <laughs> That's very disturbing. It is. It is very disturbing. Very, very disturbing. Did you, did you read <laughs> where uh, they asked the kids who they wanted to portray them in the... I didn't. It's... Some of them pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl that played Bev says that she wants Jessica Chastain, mm-hmm. which I disagree because I think she looks just like Amy Adams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but apparently I've read that Jessica Chastain is actually in talks. So oh, nice. That's who, who we'll get. Huh. Um, the, the guy that played – the kid that played Eddie, mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal, which I don't know if I – like, well, I mean, given yeah. what he's done with Nightcrawler, maybe yeah. he could. Oh yeah, I could. So I could kind of see that. I could kind of. I could kind of see that. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid that played Bill um, wanted Batman to do it. Christian Bale. Yeah. Nice. So I, I was like, okay. I, I think Christian Bale's. It, it's hard for me to contextualize this, uh, given that my only uh, reference point is the '90s. Yeah. miniseries and not the book so it's right. hard for me to say like christian bale's a little too manly for that well i don't <laughs> right. know what bill's like in the book so in I, the books he's a balding writer <laughs> doesn't have a ponytail no it doesn't have a ponytail oh, no the balding writer still doesn't sound like christian bale so. right uh, who uh, what what were the other ones i'm hmm. ben wanted uh chris pratt that would damn it that would be kind of awesome <laughs> Which makes sense too, from chubby kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chris Pratt, since Chris Pratt was chubby before he got. That's man, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that would be great. Man, I can't. Oh. Who, who did Stan want? I I, I can't recall what the, who the mm. other kids wanted, but I thought it was funny that they asked the kids like, hey, "Yeah, who do you want you to play?" That's pretty awesome. 
I'll find the a clip to that or it's something. A, it's it's an it's on the IMDb trivia. Oh, okay. That's where I read it from. So. Nice. Okay, we'll check there and then don't check the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll get, we'll go into spoilers here in just a second. We'll give you time to, if you haven't seen the movie, to, to turn off the podcast and then come back after you've seen it. Uh, but I mean, the box office, I mean, who hasn't seen this right, movie? Yeah. I, I went um, today, mm-hmm. noon 30 mm-hmm. on a Wednesday afternoon. The parking lot was empty. Except for a few cars. Every single one of the cars in there apparently was there to see it because it was a packed <laughs> theater. That's so awesome. Man, that's so cool. And I and I love that because as a Stephen King fan, like I, I love that. Like right. he has such a shoddy record with adaptations. <laughs> they needed um, a win after August. They they did. They did. I don't know what you're referring to because oh, nothing no, came out in August. Right, that's you're right. Nothing. There was there was nothing. Um just, you know, I don't know. Maybe someday they'll adapt the Dark Tower, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, Jesus. So anyway, um, yes, yeah. So I'm just super excited for that, uh, for what's to come. Hopefully they uh, take Stephen King adaptations seriously and, and do them right. And I can't wait to see what the sequel is going to be like. Um, but having said that, we're going to jump into spoilers. So I'm going to play a little clip from the trailer. And then, uh, yeah, that'll give you time to turn off the podcast in case you haven't seen it yet. But, uh, yeah. When you're a kid. Here we go. I think the universe revolves around you. You think that you'll always be protected and cared for. Then, one day, you realize that's not true. Because when you're alone as a kid, the monsters see you as weaker. You don't even know they're getting closer. Until it's too late. Here. Take it. All right, and we are spoilers on for it. So, Fekus, the scares. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Nebolt Street first, the house on Nebolt Street. Well, I didn't. There was no like wood demon in there, so it kind of really confused me. You know, okay. (laughs) You know what's funny is that I was listening to the audiobook for the third Dark Tower book, and I got to that part and the build up to that part with the doorway demon and everything. Uh Like it made me so much. Like it made me even more pissed off at the movie (laughs) because there's so many elements to the story and the greater narrative that come into play at that moment. That's like it's an important part of the story, and they wait. Ah, anyway. Um, yeah, so, um, sorry to bring it up. No, it's, it's fine. It's, 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 it's fine. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so what did you think of, of Niebold Street, except for, you know, the, the comparisons to the house <laughs> sequence was probably the, I'm not going to say most because I mm-hmm. thought the sewer sequence was the most terrifying portion. It mm-hmm. was, it was terrifying. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And the scares, the Pennywise imagery in that was the camera work they do when he's <laughs> on his attack rampage. Or yes, that's it's intense. Yeah, and it was in full effect there. Mm-hmm. Like especially when he jumps out on uh, Eddie after like out of the like refrigerator. Thing. Yes. Oh Ooh. man, that was that was cool. First of all, yeah, just like insanely cool the way that they did that. And then just especially after like after showing that his arm's broken and then showing him coming out that way. Right. It's just like it just 
made it so unsettling to me too. Super unsettling. Ugh. The clown room mm-hmm. was equally terrifying. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the thing about the clown room, and apparently I missed it. I was sure that in the clown room there, there was going to be an homage to Tim Curry's uh, Pennywise. I was sure there was, oh. and I was scouring it. Couldn't find it. Apparently I missed huh. it because it's there. Apparently really? there's a mannequin dressed in the same outfit that Tim Curry's was in. I never, I never caught it either time I saw it. I, huh. I, I was, I was searching because I, it just seemed like that'd be the place where they would do something like that. Yeah. And they did, oh, yeah. but apparently I missed it. Damn. But that portion was terrifying. And I loved the, him opening the casket mm-hmm. and seeing that like, was cool. Yeah, that was fantastic. And like the setup of that, like sh- having him find the flyer, flyer, right? Was just so that was so cool. Like, because like he's he's kind of a latecomer to the whole like oh right he's, what a, he's the last thing. person to yeah. to see. And it's like and just the sequence of events is so great. Not only because of like the whole like that sequence. What I love about it is that it's, it's three things in one. Right. And it's like he slowly just you know separates all of them and it's like it feels so like it's kind of silly like okay why are you walking into this room and and everything but it, it fits well with it because I, I don't know, know. I, I don't first of all you're dealing with kids yeah. emotional kids that have no idea what they're walking into so mm-hmm. i think it for the most part feels natural in the separation yeah. and with richie it makes like like he thinks that stands in there right um and like that it, like they didn't need to put like oh he need he's looking for stan like they could have just went for the cheap thrill of being like okay well a door opens and he's walking in there it's it's a horror movie right but they actually had him like say like oh stan like i'm gonna like whatever um but yeah and that just like that the build-up to that was just so great and then uh bill's whole thing with the the I made the re- I, <laughs> I made the uh, uh, comment on Obsessive Viewer that it was like the they were playing the floor is lava, um, <laughs> as it was slowly coming to them. Like that was that was really cool. I love the breakup there too with mm-hmm. the humor with mm-hmm. the doors. Yes, the door. I thought that was brilliant. Oh yeah, and o- only a thirteen year old kid would think that the one that says least right. scary of all, like that's got to be the one I'm going to yeah. go into. <laughs> Yeah. So I I thought oh, that yeah. part was was fantastic. I, I always appreciate in in movies like this where mm-hmm. during intense situations that there's a like a jab of humor thrown into the Absolutely. I I think that really helps break it up and mm-hmm. uh so I I thought it was really well done there too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh and just like I cringed so hard both times I saw the movie when when they're arguing over the arm and then they, oh, they try to oh, right. oh, just painful so painful <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah that was cool um <laughs> and yeah. the, I, I i loved when bev comes in with the uh with the spear and yeah. spears pennywise I, oh yeah like pennywise even, even got a little bit more terrifying with him having this shank through his head absolutely and, and like when he slices ben right with it oh that and then like also like before before he uh like starts moving again like it's just such a cool shot where like he's like it's like he's suspended like not necessarily in air but like he's just he's just completely still and the blood is kind of floating out of him it's just like just that effect just looked really cool um the whole the whole house sequence was fantastic oh yeah it was amazing. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit let's backtrack a little bit and talk about the pharmacy scene and, and dairy as a whole because one of the most unsettling things about the movie was Bev 
Bev in in the way that she's treated by men like per, her father and the pharmacist because right. it's it's such a creepy just oh, that really unsettling super moment super creepy yeah like and it I like the way that that's developed because she's like okay well I'll I'll take care of it and like you can tell like oh she's gonna cause a distraction and everything right. like in your head or at least in my head I'm thinking like oh this is gonna be like a fun like oh you know. Kids like causing causing a distraction and everything. This is a bit of levity, and then it's like, um, the it's it's super uncomfortable and and really uh, kind of tragic too. Because like Bev is like she knows like she knows what the deal like she knows what uh, well she knows what the rumor has done yeah and how yeah. people perceive her now exactly and it's it's horrifying oh yeah it's like it's a 13 year old girl mm-hmm. and she's being sexualized by yeah. this 50 year old man <sighs> and yeah. Uh, yeah it's that's that's very unsettling oh yeah very very creepy um and then her with her dad it's like that's I mean, the escalation of that is really uh, disturbing in and of itself. Like when he starts to, when he tries to assault her. Right. But like just that but first I, moment. I, I was under the impression though, that that wasn't the first time. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, and that that right there is is horrible to think of, mm-hmm. and is it was quite a stark uh, difference from the miniseries. Yeah, because the miniseries you just get yeah, he's abusive mm-hmm. and overbearing and a, and a dick. Right. But like I, I never got the context that he was sexually abusive from the miniseries. Right. Uh but man, they, they laid it on in here and it's you, you just feel horrible for her. You for really this poor do. Girl. Yeah. Like in that first scene where he's like stroking her hair. Yeah. It's just like oh it just it's it's a well done scene. Yeah. It's it's just it's hard it's, to watch. Yeah, it's unsettling, which I yeah. think is the word of the day for, for me. <laughs> right. Um yeah, and then and then there are a couple other big scare moments like uh, Ben in the library, um, which I thought was I thought that was fine. Oh, I um, I thought it was more than fine. Really? I, I loved Ben running from mm-hmm. uh, the manifestation in the library. Mm-hmm. Then he turns and then it's Pennywise. That that was good. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Um, like I love I th- I thought all their like individual mm-hmm. like introductions to Pennywise were fantastic. I yes. loved Ben's uh, or not Ben's. I uh, I loved Mike's. I Mike's. thought his was fantastic. Yes, and it was another reason why I was upset mm-hmm. that they just kind of glossed over Mike's Mike's character. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's so much depth to his fear, but they're just kind of kind of like yeah, all right, yeah, my my parents burn alive. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the one thing. Like they they changed that from the book. Like that's oh, did that's that's invented for the movie. Um, he didn't have that backstory in the book. And what's interesting is that like it it gives a lot of um dimension to his character. And and you're right, they did kind of fumble it by not really developing that. And I really hope that they, from what I've read, I think they're going to run with run with that character. Not necessarily his backstory, but they're going to take that character into some unexpected places for the second one in the Um, book does he stay behind like he does in the miniseries he does yeah and it's and it's such a great thing because he's the one that's uh like he brings them all together and everything but like throughout the book there are these little interludes that are him writing about the history of dairy so in between sections of the book you get uh stretches of him interviewing people from the town about these horrific events that have happened every 27 years in dairy and then like it keeps like it each each interlude is a different like event and like it would be so cool if for the sequel they had like um 
we we talked about on the obsessive viewer and then also another podcast had brought it up um it would be so cool if they did like a viral kind of marketing thing where they did like a short film about each thing that'd be in cool. the lead up to or you the could sequel. do or you could do a comic combo oh that'd be cool i could yeah. be on that mm-hmm. um yeah, so all of their individ- individual introductions are to Pennywise are great. Um, I loved Bev's. The, mm, yes. Yeah, the um, the bathroom scene, like much, <laughs> much more better done. Or however, I, I whatever it was. M- yeah, much better than the original nineties. Uh, Absolutely, it was, man, that that was horrifying. Yeah, and the inclusion of her hair to yeah. kind of. Uh, pull her in that's just it was it was great it was fantastic and just the amount of blood is it kind of felt it felt a little i don't know if it was a conscious homage or it's just because it's blood but it felt like carrie um yeah i could see that and but just like turn to 11 right um it was it was great and then it also brings us into a um what every great movie needs is a montage uh, of them cleaning the gotta have a montage <laughs> um yeah just just really great effect and uh it was a really great introduction to the idea that the adults can't see it right or anything and that's just uh it's so great and another unsettling scene with the father just a really great well done scene um yeah so what did you think of dairy maine as a as a location and and the setting i thought it was Um, i thought it was beautiful mm -hmm. like the town was very very charming looking mm-hmm. and the citizens in the town were very just unsettling. Right. <laughs> uh, like a, a good uh, representation of the townspeople is from the beginning with Georgie mm. with the, yeah. the neighbor just kind of wa- watching what's going on. Yeah. Just like, okay. Yep. Turn around. Ugh. Then I love the uh, close up of the cat. I like, of course you did. Yeah. Like after Georgie dies, and the cat meows. I kind of imagine the cat just being like, "Fucker, <laughs> 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 got him." No, I thought um, the, the town was great. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was uh, it, it was very well shot too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like those those like crane shots of the, over of the, the over the city, right? Just looked beautiful. Like it, I wanted to be there. Right, the quintessential you know American town mm-hmm. where the you know good old American boys grow up. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean that, and it's. It's fun to have that underneath the perfect American town. You have the whore that, right. that lives there. So, oh yeah, no, I I I loved it. I thought it was uh, very well shot and very well mm. represented. Nice. And uh, what do you think of uh, Henry Bowers and, and his gang? Oh, they did great. Yeah, was, Hen- nice. well, you don't really get much attention to the other guys in the gang, Patrick right. and Belcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Henry was very terrifying. Yeah. A- a- like almost so much as uh, Pennywise only because like H- H- Harry's out there mm-hmm. or, uh, or Henry's out Henry. there. Like he, he exists. Right. Like that yeah. guy exists. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's terrifying. Yeah. And absolutely. it's like, the things he does, to these kids, just like God damn, why yeah. is he in jail? Oh yeah, oh yeah. In the uh, I uh, and I talked about this on on the obsessive viewer, but um, I liked the way that they handled Patrick's character because in the book, Patrick Hockstetter, he's this kind of underdeveloped character who suddenly pops up and is given this whole backstory about how he's kind of the sociopath that's like he likes to kill flies and he shows kids it these kills flies. his uh, brother, right? Um. 
Does he kill his brother? I re- I, I thought I read that he like uh, suffocates. A, he a, did. An yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he suffocates his brother, and then yeah. Oh man, I forgot about that. That, and then also he like he has this refrigerator in the woods that he. Uh, puts dead animals in that he kills it's like a very disturbing kid but like what they did with the movie was they just kind of made him just a just kind of a a character a lackey lackey. but then they kind of transposed some of the sociopath tendencies over to henry i think that that worked pretty well because henry is about to kill the cat right um which i said this on the obsessive viewer but as a cat father (laughs) my heart was in my chest I was terrified. <laughs> I was just like, um, meh. <laughs> now, if there had been a dog. That's, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, and then the moment where he kills his father. Yeah, that was. Just, oh, that with. I love the TV, the TV sequence. Yes. That was, that was amazing. So well, awesome. And it's funny because I thought I was catching what was going on when uh, Bev's father's watching TV. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I was like, is that. Pennywise stuff, and right. it only gets confirmed when mm-hmm. you see uh, Henry's father watch or Henry watching it, and like, yeah, that, uh, the, yeah. I thought that sequence was fantastic. Yeah, and that's interesting because the because Bev's father, like in in the book, it's shown that they like Pennywise controls the adults and everything. Oh, so really? Like, yeah, like when like there's a scene where in the book where uh bev's father like attacks her and like she's like has a realization that's not really her father it's it's it coming after her and that like i thought that okay well they just didn't include that in the movie but i think you kind of hit on that where uh that scene with bev's father watching that where she were on the tv she's saying like it's so much fun to play in the sewers with your friends and like i kind of feel like that's kind of hinting at like yeah he's he's being and really the whole town is kind of under the control of of it but I think that that because that was one of the connections I wasn't really making at the uh, in the movie, but now that kind of comes together for me. Um, what did you think of the whole um, idea, like the whole end game with um, uh, Pennywise kidnapping Bev and then the well, losers coming together? I, I love how the kidnapping happens. Mm-hmm. First of all, the, yeah. the sequence with her and uh, her father was good, and then mm-hmm. the the camera turn, and then there's Pennywise. Yeah. That's such a overplayed maneuver in mm-hmm. horror films, and I get tired of it. Yeah, but it worked for me there. Nice. I thought it was very well done there, and like he, he's he's terrifying, right? So I, I was okay with it there because mo- and here's why: mm-hmm. most of the time in movies anymore, I see it coming a mile away. Yeah. So I, I thought this one did a good job of sneaking up because you know you just had this intense thing with her, her and her father. Mm-hmm. So you you think that portion's winding down, and then <laughs> boom, they they throw it at you. So totally agree. I think it, it worked well there. Mm-hmm. So and I, I love it. I loved her being kidnapped being the reason that the uh, Losers Club comes together. Mm-hmm. Part of me was a little worried. I was like, well, now we're playing the damsel in distress. I was kind of worried about that portion too. of it until they get down there and uh, she is very, very much on the uh, offensive yeah. uh, once the attack mm-hmm. starts. So, yeah, that was a, kind of my worry originally that mm-hmm. like, oh, now we're going to go sit. You know, all they the definitely sidestepped that trope right. pretty well. So I, I'm, and I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. So I, I I loved uh I loved when he went to go get Richie and Richie's playing Street Fighter. Yeah, like, this is you, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, it's Ryu, man, Street so Fighter. Crazy. So yeah, I, was, I thought that was good. Nice. Um, 
it, it was a little rush there too, and I, I understand why it has yeah. to be. But they're like, okay, we're gonna go get Richie. Uh, I'm gonna phone call Eddie, and then boom, we're yeah. Done. So uh, everyone else is here too, right? Which is fine. I, I get it. You know, it's mm-hmm. a two hour and fifteen minute movie anyway. Yeah. And, and I liked I, I liked seeing Eddie stand up to his mom. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Who can we talk? He. I, I'm almost convinced that they are the same actor. Like the pharmacist and her looks too much alike. They and I looked on IMDb and I could mm-hmm. not find a credit for either of them. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, and they do. They really do look. They look, look very much alike. So much alike. Um. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I like. <laughs> I, I need this confirmed that they are not the same people or that they are the same people because it's bothering me and that kind of like now that you put that in my head like that kind of i mean it would would have kind of made sense like right oh okay mr keen is the is the act is the character of the pharmacist and he has a credit in here it's a joe bostic um see i saw mr keen but he looked far too thin in the imdb photo i i feel like huh I don't see any photo for for him on here. Maybe then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll stop. Huh. Well, I'm still convinced that Right. It needs to be proven to me that they are not the same people. Right. Uh let's see, is this Cause that, what, what's Richie's or what's Eddie's last name? Uh Kasprak. Okay. There's a Sonia Kasprak. Well that's gotta be her then. That's yeah, that has to be her. And it's funny because I was wondering about this too, because I mean she looks like very thin and like oh yeah fit. yeah because i was wondering because like the whole movie i was like did they like have her in like a fat suit, suit? yeah because um, there's no way that lady gained 200 pounds right. for the for the <laughs> ancillary character of right. eddie's mom gotta get in the character yeah for the stephen king movie with a budget 35 million dollars right. like calm calm down robert yeah. de niro yeah. <laughs> so, all right so back to back to topic yeah anyway, so yeah. um the gazebos i i loved that where he's where he takes his pills and he's like, oh, these are gazebos. Right. It's like gazebos. Like, oh yeah, yeah. what's a placebo? <laughs> yeah, the gazebos part. That was great. That was great. <laughs> um, yeah, and that that was a great, that was a great moment, especially for that actor. Like he he nailed it right, so much. Absolutely. Yeah. So when they when they get to the house mm-hmm. and uh, they they make their trek down into mm-hmm. the well, then it's Henry versus uh, Mike at the top. Yes. That. It was a it was a good sequence. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting him to just chuck him into the well and kill him. I wasn't either, and because you know from the miniseries, I know, I, Henry. See, yeah, I know from the miniseries. I don't know from the book. Spoil it for me. I don't mind it. The miniseries is close to the book. Okay. Um, which is it's it's alarming, and I mean we didn't see a body, but I kind of wonder. He if, fell like fifty feet down a well. Crazy. Crazy monster down Maybe there. Maybe floated. Could float. Yeah, Maybe floated. I don't know. Um, uh, but I, I thought that was shocking. And it, interesting. It, it was shocking. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it. Right. right. I, I was kind of like, yeah. I was kind of surprised because when they got down into the well and they got into that landing, I kind of thought that was the bottom of the well. I did too. Yeah. I, I was confused about that as mm-hmm. well, and then it became more clear that it was just kind of like a little tunnel. Thing. Right. It so. became very clear when the kid fell all the way right. through. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that was that was definitely intense. I loved the kind of the uh, sequence between uh, Mike and Henry because um, 
like he has the the bolt gun like to his head and like that like I that, love the expression on Mike's face because he's like this he's right. really gonna it's fucking like he, kill me right he knows that what this is about to do yeah it, well, I I kind of like it too because it's it's kind of a go back to uh, the conversation he has with his uncle and mm. it's like you're either gonna be yeah. uh, one of you'll find yourself being one of them mm-hmm. with this up to your head. So it's yeah. kind of, and you know, Mike's makes the decision right there to fight back. Right. So I, I enjoyed that mm-hmm. kind of throwback to, uh, that first sequence. Yeah. And, and like putting it in that context, like, I mean, that does give Mike some good characterization and everything, but I do still feel like he was, I, he was glossed over. I, glossed I, over. I, and it's disappointing. It's very disappointing to me because mm-hmm. I really liked his character. Yeah. So, yeah. But go, um, going down in the sewer, yes, the the Stan and the monster, yes, that that was so terrifying. Oh yeah, oh yeah, seeing the seeing the monster just like attached to his face. Yes. I thought they just killed him. I I did too. I, was I like, did too. I was like, well, okay. So yeah, I, I, that part was was very terrifying to me, and it, even more terrifying to see like when they when they find him and the the monster backs into the yes. shadows like man that's oh yeah fantastic and then kind of peeks around as pennywise again. right that was good. oh man <laughs> i was like all right the imagery of pennywise is oh yeah it's it's, it's that's the true character like, that's the true main character of this entire oh movie. absolutely um definitely one of the most iconic monsters absolutely um yeah and the uh the freak out of stan like after that he's like panicking and he's right. like it's like, it's why did you guys bring me down? Amazing. Yeah. Ugh. And then the final battle. And I have some other things I'm going to kind of backtrack to after this, but let's talk about the final battle with Pennywise. Um, how did you feel about it? Because it's, it's very much a, you know, out and out kind of street fighter thing. I loved it. It was mm-hmm. much more convincing than a slingshot and a couple of silver rocks, <laughs> which yeah. I, it's yeah. always bothered me. Like mm-hmm. he, I hate the line. And I, I even remember not liking the line when I was a kid. This is battery acid, you scum. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was glad that that did not get thrown in there. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the the battle. I, I loved mm-hmm. watching these the kids with their makeshift uh, weaponry yeah. attack and, and face, you know, face their fear mm-hmm. and just pummel this thing. And it was it was. Very well shot, too. Yeah, I agree completely. I had a little bit of a concern at the beginning because it felt a little bit like Power Rangers. Like, one guy goes up to him and he's knocked out. (laughs) Like, I was like, really, guys? But then and then it it came together well. I I liked that. Um, That and then the different kind of uh, transforming that that Pennywise does. Right, that that was great. Definitely, and a nice nod to to the kind of spider thing where he has the little... uh, Yeah, coming after Mike. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Definitely cool. And I loved the kind of big moment with Richie where where Pennywise has Bill and then he's like, Or oh, you guys you guys can let me take him and then I'll go on my my long sleep and you'll live prosperous lives and everything. I, um first of all, I loved that little uh speech by Pennywise. Yeah. Because first of all, it's sh- it, he's bargaining now with these kids. Yeah. So you 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 feel the fear that he mm-hmm. has and yeah, I thought it was great and to Absolutely. see richie's reaction to it yes brilliant it was such a great like like fuck yeah richie moment right like when he's yeah. like you you punched me you almost got me killed now i'm gonna have to kill this fucking clown i was like that is so great oh i was so happy um and then yeah the kind of resolution of that like i i loved the scene where 
like they're like the end scene where they're all kind of grouped together and they make the bond. Right. Like I love like everything down from like from the way it's shot to just the music. It's like it's a very like it's a nice button on a coming of age story. Right. And it's just it was beautiful. And it's funny because my wife Cassie was originally going to go see it with me. She Mm -hmm. ended up checking it out on it. Uh, She's not a big horror film. And sure. After in you know she's like, well, it's not. uh, Don't really want to. You know, I'm not into horror movies. And I tried to explain like it's. It's more of a coming of age film right. wrapped in a horror film. Yeah. So it's not just a straight horror film. And mm-hmm. it's the sequence with the kids throughout the entire film really displays that and absolutely. caps it with the, with the end pledge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, it makes me really excited for what's to come with it. Chapter two. Yeah, no, I'm so, um, I'm so pumped. Yeah. And, uh, a couple other things. We didn't talk about the seller scene. Uh, with Bill. Oh my gosh, that that was probably one of the best uh, Pennywise scare moments. My yep, but Mine too. it was also ruined for me because they showcased the shit out of it in the previews. They did, yeah. The so whole I, I you'll wish float two, you'll float right. Two. I yeah. wish that hadn't been put in the previews. The thing that surprised me about it was that it kind of felt like when after uh, after Georgie is screaming and then transforming decaying yeah. then Pennywise kind of comes up from the water and it's almost like he's he's holding Georgie like a puppet like that unsettled mm-hmm. me it's like he was controlling him as a puppet it was just yeah, like Yeah I I ugh. didn't get that at first but yeah now that you say that Yeah that just that that really got under my skin and, and unnerved me. And I love um, the, the shot when uh, when Bill runs up the stairs and Pennywise slams on the stairs and just looks at him as he goes yeah. in there. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, man. That in the apocalyptic rock fight I thought was so much fun. I I, I agree. I, yeah. I thought that was, that was great. Yeah. Uh, it was great if just a little too brief. But like as well, soon how, as it how started. How long can you make a, a, a rock fight? Well, I mean – you can make it pretty long, I would think. I guess. You know. You can't make it too long. It's a yeah. Rock fight. But it's just like, I, like when it happened, I was like, this is this is awesome. Yeah, this I, is cool. I, um, I, I loved Belcher. Like, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah. And then when they save, when they save Ben, uh, or when, uh, when they get the the supplies from the pharmacy, and then Richie kept saying, "You got to suck the wound." Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, we haven't sucked the wound yet. <laughs> oh yeah, so great. Is there you know, anything else to talk about with this movie? No, um, I, I think you pretty much. Let, let me ask you this though, hmm. with the uh, the fight with it in hmm. the books. Yeah. It, is it more similar to this or the 90s? Um neither. It is the way that the book is told is it it alternates between the past and the present. Right. And then the kind of climax is both the past and present storylines fighting it. Okay. And uh I won't spoil what they do or how they do it or anything, okay. but I have the feeling that the sequel is going to be more true to the book of how they how they well, I'm certainly it. glad that it wasn't two silver rocks then, because <laughs> right. I uh, and a puffer and yeah. inhaler, uh. which are both in the book actually oh, as legitimate. No. But there is a there is an element to the way that they battle Pennywise that is uh, is going to be very interesting. I'm very curious how it's going to be done in the movie in the sequel, and I'm curious how people that haven't read the book are going to feel about it. 
um, if they go the way that, that I'm expecting them to. Gotcha. Because it's it's pretty wildly different. Having said that, does this make you want to read the book? Or are you Absolutely. going to read it? Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to read it now. Nice. It's going to have to be when I'm done with the Dark Tower series because yep. it's it's in Because you are you are under contract. I, right. I am um, under contract. Yep. So it's going to be a while till I get to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to have to read. And like I said, I, I'm not going to read it until after the second movie anyway. Yeah. So it, I have time to get through all the other material. But right. No, I'm I'm excited to read it now and nice yeah Yeah. so good it is actually does have some connections to the dark tower um because i've read has right um well i read that they were originally supposed to put a sequence in there uh kind of telling the the origin story of the of it yeah but it was in the budget i yeah that makes sense because yeah that because there is a really great sequence in the book where it's basically it's it is basically the origin of of Pennywise and like I didn't feel like it was missing in the movie like yeah. we didn't need it but um I would have liked to have seen it yeah it would have been cool I would not be surprised if they if they put it in the in the sequel because uh, I, I hope they do obviously they're gonna have a lot of money to play with <laughs> I want to address the fact that the studio tried to act like that it was on the fence whether or not they were gonna make the sequel. They were gonna make yeah. the sequel. They're like, well, we'll see how successful it is. It's like, no, you got you right. guys are making this. Yeah, I was like, there's there's never been a question about <laughs> right. this. So just just stop. Yeah, and then they made the whole like, I mean, they didn't reveal that it was it chapter one until the ending, which I thought right. Like people were like, I've seen online people saying like, oh, it's a, it's a surprise that it's chapter one. I'm like it was never it's not, a surprise. No, it's not. Yeah, you guys, you guys just stop. Okay, yeah. we we all knew that they were gonna. You can't just do the kids. And Right. Do the kids' version and then, like, forget the adults' version. No. Right. Just, we're, n- you shouldn't be that naive, guys. Come yeah. on. You're the internet. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that about does it for yeah. this review. Um, for it. Yeah. Overall, <laughs> overall, uh, how'd you feel about it? Where does it rank with you with uh, Stephen King adaptations that you've seen? Well, it, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to go back and watch The Shining again to see how mm. how it ranks, but tentatively speaking, I'd say it's it's the best so nice. far. So, so that being said, I I would probably say it, uh, Shining, Misery. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. Everyone loves Shawshank. Shawshank's a great movie, but everyone knows it's a great movie. And yeah. It's, it's just at this point, it's just kind of like okay. Sure, I can I can understand that. Shawshank is one of my all time favorites. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I yeah. lo- it's it's fantastic, right? But after seeing it twenty times on TBS mm-hmm. when I was a kid, it's yes. lost its luster. I can definitely understand that. Um, it's still it's still one of my favorites. I <laughs> back I don't remember what year it was, but one of the years where there was like some some old dude was like, oh, the world's gonna end on this day. Uh, like it wasn't the, it wasn't the mind calendar. It was just some, some dude. Some and, random. Yeah. And bum fucking somewhere was like, Oh, it's a, this you, this is the day. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to use this day. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to pretend that this is real and watch a movie that like, I would like what movie I would want to be like the last movie I ever see if the world were to end the next day. Like Star Wars. Yeah. I watched the Shawshank. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that's where that is with me. But I mean, this movie is just really phenomenal. It's definitely up there for me up in the top, uh, for his adaptations. Um, it's amongst like the shining Shawshank, the mist. I'm a huge fan of the mist. And they're the mist. Uh, it's, it's great. It's great. Don't they do, aren't they doing a TV show? They are. It's currently, um, I think it's on, 
uh, Spike TV. Oh, Spike. Enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it, but I'm planning on it cause I'm going to do right. like, reviews and everything on it. But, um, which is why I'm so excited about this podcast cause now <laughs> I have an excuse to do all this stuff. Um, but yeah, so yeah, before we wind down and before we end it, uh, let's talk a little bit about this plan for, y- for your contract with Tower Junkies <laughs> for the Dark Tower. Uh, so around November. You're, you're looking probably mid November for me to mm-hmm. start and I'm going to re, even though I've read it twice, mm-hmm. I'm going to restart off with the gunslinger again. Nice. So. And are you okay with doing like segments where it's like we'll review like chapter one, chapter two? I don't have a problem. Not, it, oh. it, it's your it's your format, man. Okay, uh, good. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's up to you, man. Okay, I'll give you a detailed list of how every novel I'm, breaks down, and uh, I'm sure and, you've uh, already written out the detailed list. Oh, I have. Yeah, I have. So yeah, <laughs> I have. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you need to like read one through five. Well, we'll figure. I it will out. read at my leisure, sir. Uh, you will read how I tell you to read. <laughs> I am your din, which is something you don't know yet because you haven't you read the You keep saying yet. all these terms I don't know yet. <laughs> Can't do that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so look forward to that. We're also going to have Tony Troxel from Geeking in Indiana on um, – he's going to be doing like – uh, book reviews of the of the books. I need to meet one. these. I, like I, I only like I need to meet him. I meet need to meet uh, Andreco. I like. I know, right? I've, and you could have if you would have went to the group screening of it. it turns out I had weekend. to work. Well, you, what's more important, protecting the streets of a town or going to see a town infested by? Well, you asked the Losers Club, which more important, protecting the streets of a town or seeing a film? Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I'm my whole plan is that you will have a chance to definitely meet Tony because what I want to do is have you on for the kind of like the segments of each book, like like chapter one, the gunslinger, chapter two, the way station, like breaking up the gunslinger into different sections and then have us talk about it each one and then have a book, just broad book, book review with Tony and then have what I'm calling a cotet episode, which would be me, you, Tony and Tiny kind of talking about the book as a whole and, and like gauging like what you're expecting for the future of the series and and how you feel about it after each book does that make sense it does make sense okay and does that sound like a good idea or would that be too tedious it sounds fine okay good we'll get, we'll get it done good okay good so anyway that is we our like, plan can we do some of these at a bar <laughs> <laughs> i will make sure that i have beer or something uh, here when we do when we do all of this we can, do it. Yeah. We, we, can we can move it around to you come down to my house i got See, plenty of I like that. Yeah. I like that. We'll figure it out. Because yeah. if there's like four people, you know, we got a we have a good sized table. Yes. And stuff. We, have, we have plenty of room at my place. We will have to do that because right now for the, our listeners, we just have uh, I just have a shitty couch and a bar stool and a, a recumbent bike. I was gonna say, don't forget the exercise bike. Yeah, that I totally use every day. So anyway, um, having said all that, uh, that is our review of it and look forward to Fekus coming back for more, uh, uh, discussion of Dark Tower and Stephen King in the months to come, uh, cause he is under contract. And, uh, can yeah. I just say my favorite joke of, of it is, uh, oh, yeah. it's the, uh, it's the only movie the Knights of Knee can never discuss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I still, I'm, I'm, I almost get it. I think I kind of get it. Just watch the movie again. Okay. There's a certain word that the Knights of Knee cannot say. Okay. And it's it. Is it? They can't say it. Okay. I need to watch uh, Holy Girl again. 
Yeah. That is Holy Grail, right? Yeah, Monty yeah. Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. I need to watch more Monty Python. Look forward to Obsessive Viewer's fourth podcast, Monty Python and the <laughs> uh, cast. Monty Python podcast. Um, that's not real. That's not real. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Fourth podcast is going to be lost. Um, anyway, I'll not stay really. off of that one. <laughs> no, we'll have you review. No, I do not want to watch. As someone who's never seen it, hundred episodes. Of, <laughs> no, no, not doing it. Uh, I'm just joking. Anyway, I always joke with Tiny that we're going to do a lost <laughs> podcast, but I can't believe you got him yeah. to go along with the power junkies. I honestly, I did not expect him to go along. Like, I, like, I expected Tiny to be like, "I'm getting married, man. Yeah. I got a dog now, and I'm about yeah. to have a wife. I don't have time for this." <laughs> I am so glad that he hasn't like realized that yet <laughs> um because like he said like on the podcast he was like uh i think i kind of need this and i'm like yeah, right. i thought i had to sell this to you right yeah yeah that's funny yep so anyway so uh yeah so uh thank you guys for listening find us more of our work at towerjunkiespod.com don't forget to go to shocktober and uh, if you're in indianapolis to come see our event at the irving uh, on october 6th and uh make sure you check out obsessive viewer and also at my solo side project podcast anthology uh you can find that at uh, obsessiveviewer.com and obsessive or uh, at anthologypod.com or to make it easy just go to obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts and finally, if you want to help support Tower Junkies and all that we do over at ObsessiveViewer.com, go to TowerJunkiesPod.com slash donate, and you'll have a list of different ways that you can donate and uh, support the podcast. And if you don't want to spend money, just go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. It helps us out a ton. And uh, yeah, after the success of it, we're going to have a lot more Stephen King podcast crop podcasts crop up. So definitely uh, let us... let the world know that you enjoy listening to our show um having said that fecus thank you for coming on and talking Absolutely. about the miniseries and the movie and uh yeah we will see you for the gunslinger i'm sure you're going to cancel your vacation no cancel right vacation I'm, I'm gonna just you know here. screw cancun i hate beaches yeah. and uh, copious amounts of alcohol right yeah stupid oh uh, anyway um <laughs> thank you guys for listening long days and pleasant nights and we'll see you next time Thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, a Dark Tower podcast presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at TowerJunkiesPod.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can find ways to do that at TowerJunkiesPod.com slash donate, or become a patron for Obsessive Viewer at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer, for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can contact us by emailing us at matt at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at towerjunkiespod or at obsessiveviewer and at obsessivetiny. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash towerjunkiespod. For more podcast content from ObsessiveViewer.com, check out Anthology, my solo side project podcast where I'm reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology television shows. You can find Anthology at AnthologyPod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts, Chad and Amanda. 
You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, and we'll see you next time.